Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm host Penny Manson. My guest today is Mike Gale, visiting with us from Birmingham in the UK. Hello, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm just thrilled and the timing couldn't have been better. Uh, Above and beyond wanting to talk about your fabulous book, All the Lonely People, I just have to ask, how much of the Queen stuff did you actually sit through in the last? <laughs> um, my my wife actually is is a, is a is a real royalist, and she loves all of that. And um, but but it was it was it's been a strange couple. Of, it's been a strange sort of week because we were we were out at dinner when we heard the news, and and it, there was a sort of strange sort of tone to it all because it it felt like the media knew before everybody else, and so. When they said that she was that, that she wasn't very well and that the family were going up to everybody the media here in the uk straight away were it was almost like they were there at, at you know in, in preparation and then we we'd gone for this meal and then we'd kind of come out and then we heard this news and it, and it was a real shock actually because you know she was a you know she was an institution and um and of course in that initial you know this is a once in a lifetime thing and so you know you you were watching the news but then it's just carried carried on and on and on and on and i i, I have to say I, I did sort of lose interest in it a little bit just because um you know it, it was a lot of people repeating themselves and a lot of people who didn't actually know anything uh just talking about just just they're just chatting and uh and so i in the end i, I kind of lost a little bit of interest but i did see uh, you know, kind of Charles being sworn in or whatever they call it, and and so that kind of felt like a momentous occasion. And I, I did see little bits of the of the actual kind of uh, the ceremony on Saturday, but but other than that, the stuff in the in between, I, I kind of let them get on with it. Yeah, it, it, you know, the Queen is dead. Long live the King. What more is there to say? Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but they found it. They 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 found lots to say. Um, I'm not quite sure how much of it was relevant. Uh, four weeks worth. <laughs> <laughs> amazing okay so let's talk about your book all Thank the lonely you. people all right um you tell us a little bit about it what would you like somebody who is just hearing about the book for the first time right now what would you want them to know about this book all the lonely people is 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 a really hopeful and uplifting book it's a book about that follows. It's a book about a character called Hubert Bird, and it, it structures it in a kind of then and now. So we get to when we meet Hubert in the now. He's in a very, he's in a very, he's very self-contained, and he feels like you know he doesn't need anybody. He's eighty-four, um, and really all he needs is to talk to his daughter um, who lives in Australia, and he talks to her once a week. And that's where we find him. He's very, he doesn't want people in his life. And, but in the past, in the, in the kind of then parts of the, the story, we find that the, the, the Hubert that we meet, the young man, is completely different. He's very outgoing. He's very optimistic. Um, his nickname by one of his best friends is Smiler. He's always looking on the bright side. And I suppose really that the story of all the lonely people is, is, is you finding out 
how the man that we meet at the very beginning um, became who he was, but at the same time also how the man we meet at the beginning becomes somebody else um, by the end of the book. And so it's about journeys and about, it's about life really, kind of a life. I've never written a book before that kind of, that carries on in such a scale that it, it, it's, it takes you from um, the kind of early twenties of this young man all the way through to his eighties. Um, but it never feels like you're you're kind of you're never bored because you're you're kind of going between this, these two timelines, um, and, and and it's a book that a lot of people have connected with. I, I feel, um, I think, it's that thing about um, about loneliness is such a universal uh, kind of feeling and emotion. We've all been there, and we all know what it's like. And of course, with the pandemic, um, so many people who perhaps might not have thought of themselves as being lonely. We're suddenly, um, certainly in the UK, where we're having to stay home. So people who lived alone, um, even the young, were having to stay, and they were, uh, you know, they're away from their families, they're away from their friends, and so they, you know, a lot of us sort of learn for the first time, perhaps, just what loneliness can be. So it's a very pertinent book. I think it, it's extremely pertinent, and and happening as it does. I mean, uh, it came out in twenty twenty. So that meant you wrote it before the pandemic actually That's started, right? Yes, yes. right? Uh, and I think that it was a shock to a lot of people, uh, even people who enjoy their own company, when suddenly you were stuck with just your own company for <laughs> months on end, yeah. that you suddenly went, okay, I got I got to get somebody else in this here. I'm, yeah. I, I can't be like this. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, I think what I got from it when I read it was that thread of hope yeah. that just because you're a certain way, like Hubert is in the beginning, yeah. doesn't mean that's where you have to stay. Yeah, I think I think where we meet Hubert, I think he is the, you know, we learn as we go through the book why he is the way he is. But he's, one of the, the messages of hope within it is that people community can make a difference uh and you know one of the again you know it, it's it's interesting because i'd written it before the pandemic but one of the interesting things that kind of come out of the pandemic was this idea of communities making a difference you know um so often um as kind of hubert sort of says in the book you know you don't really know your neighbors you don't really know the people around you in a way that people used to because everybody's living such busy lives and one of the things that kind of comes out of the book is just this idea that if you make an effort um it can make this huge difference to people's lives and one of the things that kind of happened here in the uk during the pandemic was was suddenly people got to know their neighbors because because we were everybody was in this situation this unknown situation all at once suddenly people were starting whatsapp groups and looking out for their elderly neighbors and asking you know does anybody need any shopping doing mm -hmm. and that was a really positive thing to kind of come out of that time and it, it, it and it's a similar sort of thing that happens in the book where, where we we kind of realized that actually i think i think the truth is people are waiting for community and you, you don't you don't even really have to do that much. I think lots of people are shy. And I think if you just make that small effort and, you know, 
people really respond to it. And even if they don't, at least you've made that effort. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a little while to, to kind of break people down almost, but you, you can get through to them. And it, it, it's, you know, we, we have a lot of power in community and that's one of the themes of the book. You know, we can make a difference. Well, I think it's intent, you know, yeah. until the pandemic, we didn't know our neighbors and didn't want to know our neighbors yes, because we yeah. were perfectly fine with the yeah. people we had in our lives and didn't need anybody else. And then yeah. suddenly there was no one there. And so the intent was created. And and I think your book uh, makes a really good point that if you if you have the intention of reaching yeah. out to someone or being open to someone reaching out to you, yeah, that makes all the difference. Yeah, it does. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 just a a wonderful book. And I have to ask, okay, so when I first picked up the book, the title immediately made me think of a popular Beatles song. So <laughs> yes, I, I'm yes. I'm dying to ask, was that your intention when you picked the title? Did oh, yes, you even yes, pick yes, the title? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. No, I I, put, I picked the title, and, and because I, I wanted something that kind of caps, encapsulated the fact that it wasn't just a story about one man's loneliness. There are all sorts of different loneliness. You've got the loneliness of this particular um, of, of 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 actually several elderly people, oh. but also you've got the loneliness of being a young single mum. You've got the loneliness of being bereaved. You've got the loneliness of being. Um, you know, uh, being in a relationship and that relationship ending. There are all sorts of different relationships, uh, all sorts of different loneliness that can kind of come at all different um, times of life. And so I wanted it to kind of uh, to sort of say, this is not just a book about one man's loneliness. This is a book about lots of different people's loneliness. And that's 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 really, really well uh, shown in the story, uh, because, you know, we meet all these different people who are lonely for different reasons, but at the end of the day, they're all lonely. So That's I fell point. in love with Hubert. I fell Thank in you. love with <laughs> Ashley. I fell in love with Gus. I, 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 I fell in love with Rose and, and David. Uh, and, and so I just have to ask, none of your books to this point have been serialized they've all been standalones by themselves yes, yes is there any possibility we might see a little more about ashley's story can we know what happens with david um and and joyce oh my gosh there's a little spark of romance possibility going on you know I mean, are we going to are we going to find out more about these characters you can't just have us fall in love with them and then say that's it you're on your own chaps <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting one i i am always a little bit nervous about about sequels because um i always feel like you know you you pour your heart and your soul into a story and i like to tell a story and and, and feel like I've, I've taken the readers on a journey and delivered put the characters through in a mill um but delivered them to a point of hope and and brightness and so to take them again i'm always feeling a little bit nervous because especially with, with a book like um the the all the lonely people that's been so well received it, it's like oh do you really want to you know, I, I'd feel a, a, a good, I'd feel a real pressure to kind of, I suppose, make it as good. You know, if if it's not going to be as good as all the lonely people or better, then I, I'd really, I'd really wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to sully the memory of those characters, and so it would have to be a really good story, and it would have to be, 
something that I felt wasn't just cash in, but but really there was more story to tell. And you know, and I, I you know I do love these characters and I do I do miss them, but they've got to have the right story. Um, and so if the right story comes to me, then maybe we'll see them again. Well, I'll just keep my fingers crossed and hope. Okay, <laughs> okay so um, I, 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 I'm just curious, who is your biggest cheerleader for your writing? I, I, my first and foremost, it's my wife. Um, she is, uh, she is the first person who reads any of my work, and she is the only person who reads a work in progress i never my my agent doesn't see it until it's finished um but she sees it as as it's going by and because i think she when you're writing it's such an intense thing to do um that it, it's quite difficult for you to see the wood for the trees and so because she knows me so well she can really and she often and she knows what it is that i'm trying to achieve you know um she's because she's outside of it the process she can kind of go have you thought about this and have you thought about that and so and sometimes they're quite often quite um obvious solutions but because i'm so entrenched in all of it and surrounded by it all uh she can just say well why don't you just do that and you kind of go oh yeah that's a great idea <laughs> and it's something that i uh, clearly i should have thought of myself but um these things happen so she is my number one cheerleader and my first reader and my my first editor and yeah everything well that may answer my next question which is i was thinking you're a bit of in america the the popular term is unicorn you're a bit of a unicorn because you are a male writing what has been uh called on a lot of different uh forums chiclet you yeah. know, so a guy who writes chiclet well is unusual. So I was going to ask, uh, how do you how do you know so much about the female psyche and <laughs> write it from that perspective? And I'm I'm guessing, you know, what you said about your wife has to be a part of it. Yes, yes, it, it certainly is a part of it. But I think I've always, I think. Key to being a writer is is being interested in people. I don't I don't think you can be a good writer and not be interested in people. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been interested in people. I've always been in, interested in in how people work. And I I've never I'm always shocked um, when people sort of say, "Oh, you write female characters really well," and you know, how do you get into the psyche? And I always think, well, this is my job. My job is to write about people whether they be male or female and so I, I kind of I kind of feel like if you can't write from the opposite gender then you, you, you've got no business being a, a writer really you know it's important that we that we that you're able to do this and if you if you if you're writing female characters and they come across as caricatures then you're, you're not actually a very good writer um it's a little bit like you know being an artist who now, I'm really great at drawing faces, but I can't do noses. Um, you know, it's pointless. You're, you're not a good artist. You need to be able to do all the, the, the things that you need to do. And part of being uh, a good author, I think, a good writer, is to be able to write both male and female characters and make them believable. Um, but the one place where I do struggle, 
is dressing my female characters sometimes. Um, and uh, just because, you know, I don't know much about women's clothes. Um, so I might say, you know, she's in a, you know, a green dress or a purple dress. But if you go into more details than that, um, I have been known to uh, uh, to kind of go online and look at um, uh, a kind of, a, you know, some sort of women's clothing shop um, online and just go, oh, right, okay, she's wearing a, an asymmetrical top or something, you know, just because I don't know anything of those sorts of details. But when it comes to the psyche, when it comes to the way to think, I think that's all about observation. And uh, and if I get it wrong, my, my wife is almost first reader. And so she will kind of point out places where if I have if I have got it wrong, she'll kind of give me a little bit of a pointer. So, you know, mostly it's me uh, with a little bit of my wife and a little bit of online women's catalogs. <laughs> so, and accessorizing your characters, uh, Google <laughs> and your wife are your best friends. That's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, and what else, though? I mean, as an aspiring author myself, I am always wanting to know when somebody has got it right, when you've got your characters fully formed and developed and fleshed out, what is in your writer's toolbox that you go back to again and again to help you bring to help you breathe life into those characters that you're creating that's such an interesting question i i, I suppose i the, the key thing is to spend time with them um so i um when i when i come up with a new idea i don't actually write for quite a long time i spend i i, I spend a long time thinking about what the actual idea is and I'll do um, an outline for the entire book. And so once I've come up with the idea, okay, um, it's a book about loneliness, then I'll think about, okay, who's going to be my main character? And I, I came up with the idea of Hubert. And then I, I, I plotted everything out. So I'll do an, an actual outline. And in the plotting of the outline, you're thinking about, okay, I've got this character. What situations can I put them in? What can they learn? How can they grow? Where, where are they at the beginning? Where are they going to be at the very end? And because of that, um, when the first time when I actually sit down to write, um, write, you know, write the first chapter, um, I actually know them in a way that perhaps I wouldn't have done had I just decided to just write and see where the story went. Mm -hmm. And so that, that I found has been a real help. It, it just means that you've, you, because when I'm thinking about the story, I'm thinking about them, I'm, I'm almost inhabiting their psyche for a little bit without doing any writing at all and think, okay, well, this is a, an 84 year old Jamaican man. Would he do this? Would he do that? What would he like doing? What wouldn't he like doing? And so because I've done so much thinking before that process, uh, it just means that when I when I get to write, I, I have a really good understanding of of who this person is and what they want and how they see the world. Wow. Okay, that is <laughs> that is really a lot to to chew on. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> Mike Gale, all the lonely people. Um, we're so glad that you spent this time with us today. And how can new fans find you now? Uh, so I'm uh, I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm on Facebook. Um, just Google Mike Gale. Um, uh, 
I think I'm Mike Gal, the author on Facebook, uh, and on I'm on Instagram, Mike Gal the novelist, and I'm on Twitter as well. So just Google Mike Gal, and I'm you're around there. I'm around. Find you. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks to our listeners for joining us today with authors on the air.